Welcome to the Grad School Femme Touring Podcast. This is Dr. Yvette Martinez Vu, and I will be serving as your Femme Tour, providing you with tips and tricks and everything else you need to know to get into graduate school. For the past 10 years, I've been helping undergraduate students get into top graduate programs in their field, and I'm really excited to share this information with you too. Hi everyone. Today I have an episode about uh, student loans, all about student loans, all the things I wish I knew about student loans when I was an undergrad. And um, yeah, just some things to consider if you, like me, find yourself having accepted loans and you're feeling a little uncertain about what you signed up for. Um, a quick caveat, I am not a financial advisor. I am not a financial expert. I am not your accountant. <laughs> and so uh, take everything I say with a grain of salt and um, make decisions based off your own research. And um, yeah, just make an informed decision. So whatever I say, I hope it's, you know, for educational purposes only. And um, yeah, make sure that you, that you do your research when it comes to these things when, with any matters related to finances. But let's get to the topic of student loans. What are student loans? I feel like we hear about that everywhere and it's become the norm to take out loans. And it's, it's extremely frustrating to be part of a system, part of a country that does not prioritize education, that does not make education a um, universal right for everybody. Uh, that makes it so that... Um, working class individuals so that poor individuals so that people of color especially black folks have end up taking out more loans more student debt than any other um, population in the u.s and it's, just, it's it's this huge barrier it's this huge um hurdle that gets in the way of people making huge life uh decisions like I myself, um, you know, among like my own circle of friends, um, I've seen a lot of individuals who haven't been able to make these big life decisions because of their student debt, because they've said, no, I can't afford to have a child. No, I can't afford to buy a home. No, I can't afford to have a wedding or whatever milestones they're trying to have in their own personal lives, they've had to either put them on hold or not do them at all because of student debt, because student debt has gotten in the way. And a lot of times, you know, there's this association of lenders being predatory because they're lending to young adults that oftentimes, myself included, don't know what they're signing up for you're given you're given this contract you're told hello here's this amount of student loans you qualify for x amount of financial aid and the rest is is loans sign on the dotted line otherwise you can't continue you know you can't pay for your education you can't continue you can't complete your ba you can't complete your um, graduate degree and so a lot of times people feel almost obligated to sign on the dotted line. Um, so what are student loans? Student loans are money 
that some sort of entity is providing you with the expectation that you're going to pay it back. But the expectation of paying it back comes at a cost. And there's an added cost. You're not just paying back the loan. You're paying back the loan plus interest. And the interest is a percentage of the loan that they're adding to the loan that will accrue over time, depending on how long you take to pay it back. So that's a student, that's a loan. Um, now, there are different types of student loans. There are federal loans and there are private loans. Within the federal loans, and a lot of people get federal loans, you have two options. You have a subsidized loan and you have an unsubsidized loan. And a lot of times when we refer to subsidized versus unsubsidized, we refer to one as the good and the bad one. So subsidized is often referred to as the good loan, although it's kind of hard to say like, what is a good loan? I mean, do you even really want a loan? <laughs> when is a loan good? But it's referred to as a good loan because it's a loan that you don't have to, where you don't start accruing interest until after you're done with um, your program, with your undergraduate degree or your graduate degree. And then you usually have us, it's on average a six month grace period. So for example, if you get an unsubsidized loan in undergrad, you don't have to start paying it back off and you don't start accruing interest until six months after your undergraduate graduation. Now an unsubsidized loan is a loan that you get that starts to accrue interest as soon as the loan is dispersed. So if you get a loan that freshman year of undergrad and it's unsubsidized, that means it starts to accrue interest that freshman year. As soon as it hit your bank account or it hit the financial aid office or whatever the bursar or uh, registrar or whatever office it is that gets your funding and, and your institution, as soon as it hits, they start to charge you interest, that interest rate. Um, whether I don't know how much interest rates are, but um, you know, say it's 5%, 6% interest rate, it starts to accrue right away. Um, and while you're an undergrad, you're probably not making payments yet. I mean, a lot of us don't start to make payments until after we've graduated. So it's just good to figure out if you get a federal loan, what kind of loan it is. Is it subsidized? Is it unsubsidized? And it's also good to find out who your lender is. Okay, so those are some options for um, federal loans. There are also private loans. Some folks, maybe they um, don't qualify for federal loans. Maybe they've already used up all of, they've taken out as much as they can for federal loans and the only option is the private loans. A lot of times for private loans, if you, if you haven't um, developed credit or if you don't have high credit, a lot of times like young adults, a lot of my students, they're young adults, they've, they've never, taken out a credit card. Um, they, they haven't uh, developed or built up their credit score. And so because of that, oftentimes you need a co-signer to take out a private loan. The thing about private loans is that private loans tend to have higher interest rates than federal loans. Private loans also often don't qualify for programs like the Public Service Loan Forgiveness Program. 
private loans may not qualify for federal, other forms of federal forgiveness. So if the government were to say student debt is going to be forgiven for, you know, most U.S. Americans, you might not qualify if it's a private loan, especially if it's a private loan you took out on your own outside of your institution, you might not qualify to get it forgiven. So private loans, I'm not a fan of. Um, unsubsidized loans, also not a fan of. If you can take out debt, ideally you want it to be subsidized. So that way you don't have to worry about that interest building up right away. Okay, so I wanted you to be clear. Subsidized versus unsubsidized. Subsidized is quote unquote good, good debt. I hate to call it good and bad, but it's just a lot of times that's what we refer to as like, you had to choose between the two, you want subsidized versus unsubsidized. And then I also wanted to talk to you about uh, federal versus pers uh, private loans. Now, another thing that you want to think about is how how much um, debt are you going to accrue, whether it's in undergrad or in grad school, realistically, how much debt do you think you're going to have? Is it gonna be 10,000, 20,000, 50,000, 100,000? Yes, those are real numbers. Yes, I know several individuals where their debt, student debt ranges from as little as 10K and as much as six figures. And you wanna be honest um, and realistic with how much it is that you owe or might owe both in undergrad and in graduate school. Um, and then um, based on that, number, there are actually student loan calculators out there. And you can start to kind of estimate if you think, okay, well, by the time I graduate, I think I'm going to owe $20,000 in student debt. And I think that I can pay off or I can pay $200 a month. So then go to the loan calculator and put the amount you owe 20K, you can pay off $200 a month. Your interest rate is 5.8%. And then it'll tell you how long it's going to take you to pay it off. It might be five years, it might be 10 years, or even more than that. Um, and then you want to think about coming up with a plan, coming up with like being very strategic about how you're going to pay it off and coming not coming up, but selecting a method for paying it off. There are two very um, common methods for paying debt, not just student loans, student debt, but also credit card debt. Um, they're called the snowball method and the avalanche method. The snowball method, just picture a snowball, it's kind of small and it starts to get bigger and bigger. So the snowball method is you start with your smallest debt. So let's say you took out a couple of loans in undergrad small loans, and then a couple of small loans in grad school, um, and you have multiple lenders, you choose the smallest one first. Maybe your smallest one is $500. And you focus on paying off that 
small loan first. And then once that's paid off, whatever money you were using towards paying off that small loan, you put it towards the next smallest one. So you go from the smallest to the next smallest to the bigger one to the bigger one. And eventually you're going to pay off all of it, but you're starting small and going kind of bigger from there. A lot of people like that because you get that feeling of progress because you start to pay off um, smaller loans and you start to see that you know one loan is paid off and another is paid off and another is paid off. You get that satisfaction of seeing that you're paying off your debt. Another method though, that will still <laughs> get you to pay off your debt. Um, maybe it doesn't give you that immediate sense of satisfaction, but it still works is the avalanche method. And it really is a personal preference and what works better for you. Do you like to have instant gratification or would you rather kind of uh, stick to a more long-term method of payment that's still gonna pay off a good amount of your debt? So what is the avalanche method? Um, the avalanche method is similar to the small snowball, except you like where you're being very strategic about which debt you're paying off. But with avalanche, you're paying off the debts that have the highest interest rates first. So remember, not every lender is going to give you the same interest rate. So if you took out some loans in undergrad and you took out some loans in grad school, depending on the lenders, depending on what loan it was, you may have different interest rates. So you start with the highest interest rate first and you pay it off every month. And once you pay off the highest interest rate, you use that money that you are going to use for that high highest interest rate loan. And then you put it towards paying the next highest interest loan. So again, put all your money towards one, pay it off, then put all your money towards the next one, pay it off, then put all your money towards the next one, and then pay it off. And over time, you will eventually pay off all of your debt. So those are two very common methods of paying off student debt and credit card debt. Another strategy that I've seen folks do, and I've actually implemented it myself, I'm technically not done paying off my student loans. I am, I graduated from graduate school in 2016. So I'm five years out of grad school and I should be done paying off my student debt in about a year. Um, and I'm not gonna lie, I did have some credit card debt and I have student debt and my husband <laughs> has student debt and credit card debt. And so just within the last year, we paid off our credit card debt and this is all like, there's a lot of shame. There's a lot of shame associated with owning up to having debt because um, a lot of us aren't taught financial literacy. And, um, but we shouldn't be ashamed. There's a lot of shame. There's a lot of guilt. There's a lot of uh, fear. Um, but you really have to kind of be honest with yourself and confront the numbers and then come up with a plan. So thankfully we got, you know, very serious about um, learning about financial literacy a few years ago. And since then kind of created a plan and have been implementing and following through with that plan. So we've paid off our credit card debt, very close to paying off our student debt. So, um, but the other thing I wanted to say that some of us have done, including myself is, is the windfall method. What do I mean by that? It's anytime you make any extra income that you weren't accounting for, that's not part of your regular income, use that towards paying off your debt. So what's an example of this? Maybe during tax season, you 
get this big lump sum paycheck that you weren't really counting on and you can use that towards paying off your debt. Um, especially if you have savings and you're good, you don't have, you know, you don't have to worry about an emergency savings, got something saved up using the rest towards your debt, your student debt, credit card debt, whatever forms of debt. Other things that might come up is maybe you have side hustles and you're making extra income that way. Maybe, um, I know some folks last year did that with their stimulus checks. You know, they got that extra income, they use it towards paying off their debt. So any extra money that you weren't counting on, no matter how little it is, putting it towards paying off your student debt, that will make a big difference in the long run. Another option in terms of paying off student loans um, that I've seen some do um, is consolidating your debt. So let's say you have multiple small debts and multiple lenders and it can be kind of confusing to be checking multiple websites to check your debt and, and to pay it off some people choose to consolidate it so they take out another loan so all of their all of their federal loans they put it into one they consolidate it and then usually people do this and they end up with a smaller interest rate the thing about consolidating your debt is that um, you usually have a term to pay it back off. So let's say they give you five years and five years you have to pay off this big consolidated loan. And if you don't pay it off within that five-year term, then that interest rate might jump up even higher than what it, what it was before. And sometimes you may end up even owing more than what you started off with if you don't pay it off within that term. I recommend consolidating your loans if you have a very specific and attainable plan for paying it off. If you know you're making a certain income, it's steady income, and that you can pay it off within that period, no problem, you should go ahead and consolidate your debt. Otherwise, kind of be careful with that. Um, what else do I wanna say about, I, um, I wanna give you some examples of what it looks like to pay off your student debt, because I know it can feel so abstract when you're still a student and when you haven't quite landed your first full-time job. So let me give you three scenarios of what could happen. And this might or might not be true for you, but just three scenarios, three types of salaries of what might happen after grad school. So let's say you get your PhD, and you go on the tenure track job market, you really wanna become a professor, you don't land a single job and you end up adjuncting. You end up becoming a lecturer. You end up trying to book teaching gigs and you can only really make $30,000 a year. When you think about your salary, and I know I've mentioned this in another episode on kind of early career moves, but when you think about your salary, you wanna, not just think about the number, but think about the actual take-home pay after benefits and taxes. So the way I calculate it in my head is by taking out one third of that number. So if you make $30,000, then your take-home pay might be closer to $20,000. So then $20,000, you divide that by 12 months, all of a sudden you have $1,600 a month to live off of. So then $1,600 a month, take out whatever it is that you pay for rent and then take out whatever it is you pay for utilities and bills. How much are you left with? 
to actually pay off your student loans. Let's say you're left with 200 bucks a month to pay off your student loans. And let's say you actually did your best, you focus on getting scholarships, you got your PhD fully funded, you only took out $10,000 in undergraduate loans, they were all subsidized loans, so you haven't started to accrue debt, so you only owe $10,000 after your PhD. You got a 5.8% interest rate, you can pay off 200 bucks a month. How long is it going to take you to pay that off? Five years. Do the numbers, crunch the numbers, go to our calculator. Um, if I did it correctly, it'll take you five years to pay it off. Remember, I told you, I'm five years out of graduating from my PhD and I'm going to pay my debt off in about a year or so. And I'll just tell you, this is fairly accurate um, in terms of how long it'll take you. Okay, now let's say you land a decent job you're instead of um instead of adjuncting you decide to kind of pursue a full-time staff position and your starting salary is sixty thousand dollars and it's more than you've ever made before in your life and you feel like i'm doing great okay 60k what's your take-home pay take out one third 40k okay 40k divided by 12 what's your monthly pay monthly pay is thirty three hundred dollars okay thirty three hundred dollars now take out your rent or your mortgage or your other bills, your utilities, your food, your groceries, all that stuff. Um, how much do you think reasonably you can pay off a month towards your student loans? Let's say you owe more than that. Let's say you owe $50,000. You took out 20K in undergrad, 30K in grad school, and you owe $50,000. Let's say it's a 5.8% interest rate. And reasonably, you think you can afford to pay 500 bucks a month towards your loans. How long do you think it's going to take you to pay off that debt? I uh, crunched the numbers. And it's going to take you 11 years to pay it off. Yes, at 500 bucks a month, if you owe 50K, it'll take you 11 years. Um, that's, you know, accounting for the interest and all of that. Okay, that's a long time, but if you do it consistently, it's 11 years. If you pay off even more, if you, you know, have all these windfalls, if you hustle, you have side hustles, all that, you make extra money, keep paying more and more and more, it might be less than 11 years, but if you just do 500 bucks a month, it's gonna take you that long. Okay, now let's say you actually are in a field that has the potential of making a high salary. Let's say you got a master's or a PhD in engineering and you land an entry level position with the starting salary of $90,000. That's really great pay. You're feeling really great. No one in your family has ever made that much before. You're not used to living off of that much. You think for sure I can pay off my debt because I'm used to living on, on very little. I'm gonna live off of just half of what I make. So, okay, you're making 90,000. What's your take on pay? Take out a third. Okay, now you're actually making 60K. Okay, what's 60K divided by 12? What's your monthly pay? Okay, you're getting 5K a month to live off of. You know that you are used to living in a humble way or in a modest way or in a um, 
what's the word <laughs> or uh, in a frugal way and you're going to live off of $2,500 a month and the other $2,500 is going to go towards your student loans but since you got a master's or a PhD in engineering and they didn't offer you a lot of funding um, you ended up taking out $80,000 of debt let's say you owe 80k and you're paying off $2,500 a month. That's like childcare right there. <laughs> As a mom, I'm like $2,500 a month. That's full-time childcare right there. Yes, childcare is expensive, but I'm digressing. It's $2,500 a month to pay off 80K of debt. How long do you think it's going to take you? I'm waiting. Three years. That's right three years according to a, one of the payment calculators um, that I checked online you can crunch your own numbers I might be wrong but based off what I estimated it'll take you three years to pay it off to pay off eighty thousand dollars of debt if you're making that salary and if you are willing to pay off that much a month so ninety thousand dollar salary 60k to live off of 5k a month um but you're only actually living off of $2,500 a month. The other $2,500 is going towards that every single month, three years. You see what I mean? How this is all so relative. It really depends on how much you make, how much loan you took off, what you took out, um, what the interest rates are, and realistically, how much you think you can commit to paying off every month. And then on top of that, I don't think I mentioned, but there are actually different forms of repayment plans. A lot of times people freak out and I did too, like, oh my gosh, when the six months is up, I'm gonna start to have to pay off my debt. What if I can't afford it? And I don't know what I'm gonna do, but there are different repayment plans. One of them, the one that I've been on <laughs> for the longest is the income-based repayment plan. And the income-based repayment plan makes it so that they take into account how much you make and then they give you, they estimate an amount that you can reasonably pay off based off of your income and in some cases if people have a low enough income your monthly payment is zero like it literally is zero not that doesn't mean you necessarily should pay zero um, but they don't expect you to pay anything more than what you can afford based off your income so that's another thing I didn't even look into the different types of repayment plans but that's something that you can also kind of look up yourself is different forms of repayment plans for federal loans and and see what comes up for you now if you are an undergraduate who recently graduated and you know that you're maybe taking a gap year and your student loan payments are going to start to kick in in six months or maybe you are a student who just accepted a master's program and you're a little stressed out about, um, about your um, funding options and you know that realistically you're probably going to have to take out some loans, I have some action items for you. What are some of the things to do? Um, if you are starting a, a program, so you're starting graduate school, and you just accepted a certain amount of loans, what should you do? You should contact your financial aid office and you should find out how much are you being offered, find out what type of loan it is, like I said earlier, 
uh, federal, private, subsidized, unsubsidized. Um, find out who your lender is. There are different lenders. Um, common ones are Navient or Fed Loan or Nelnet. Just find out who are the lenders, who are the people whose websites you're going to have to log on to to find out how much you owe. Find out also when the loan is being dispersed. Because remember, if you have unsubsidized loans, as soon as that loan hits your account, you're going to start to accrue that interest. You're going to charge you the interest rate. Um, so find out when it's going to be dispersed. It's also good to find out when it's going to be dispersed because as soon as you sign up um, for classes, right away your graduate program is going to try to charge you for tuition. So it's good to know to make sure that when you're getting the loan is also around the time that you have to pay your tuition so that you don't end up having any kind of late fees. Um, and then another thing just to kind of ease your anxieties is try to come up with a future budget and try to think about your debt management plan. So how do you think you're gonna pay it off? How long do you think it's gonna take you to pay it off? Um, and, and think about that based on what type of salary you think you're gonna get out of graduating. Maybe you think you're gonna make 30K or 40K or 50 or 60K out of graduating. And then think about, okay, maybe that's what I'm gonna make, but then this is gonna be my take-home pay. And then this is gonna be my actual monthly amount. And then this is how much based on my current lifestyle, I think I can reasonably pay off for student loans every month. And then think about how long is it gonna take you to pay all of that off by going to a student loan um, repayment calculator, like looking that up. I think if you do that, you'll feel a lot less um, overwhelmed and anxious about this process. I'll tell you this, I'm not a fan of student loans. I don't recommend it. I don't encourage it. But I also understand that sometimes it's your only option. And in my case, for instance, it was. I did receive a good amount of financial aid as an undergraduate, but even then I still had to take out loans. Even though, um, you know, I come from a single mom with six kids um, from a low income background, I still had to take out undergraduate loans. And then for graduate school, even though I was fully funded, um, I ended up staying an extra year and a half in grad school. I ended up having a baby. I ended up having all these extra expenses. And I did take out a loan in graduate school, again, even though I was fully funded. And so sometimes there's no other option. And so it's good to just find out as much as possible, make informed decisions, come up with a plan. Um, the more you can face your kind of money issues, um, the better off you'll be. I waited a long time to learn about financial literacy. I waited a long time to start to get comfortable with looking at my bank account, with starting to get comfortable with looking at my spending habits. Like I said earlier, there was a lot of shame. There was a lot of guilt. There was a lot of fear. Um, and even nowadays, like I've made it a habit every month to check to create a, a monthly budget, a spreadsheet, and to check my numbers and, and then create a new budget for the next month. And so I'm, I'm very familiar with my spending habits. I'm very familiar with 
my money. Um, I'm comfortable with it. I still sometimes I'm like, oh, I dread it. <laughs> like, oh, now it's time for me to check what I've been doing or uh, to like confront it. Um, sometimes I don't want to have that monthly budget meeting with myself, but I know that I have to, I know that it's good for me and it has actually empowered me. It has given me more options. It has allowed me to make plans for the future, it has allowed me to save. You know, that's the reason why I was able to make the big leap last year and purchase a home. That's the reason why I was able to make the leap last year too, of having another child. Like, um, this was all because I took that step a few years ago of starting to learn more about financial literacy. And now a few years later, I'm learning more, not just about financial literacy, but about financial independence, about um, financial liberation. <laughs> that's the thing. <laughs> I'm just going to call it a thing. I don't even think that's a phrase I've heard out there, but like um, learning more about money. So that way you don't associate it with negativity and instead associate it as a tool that allows you to get from point A to point B. And um, that's what I hope for, for you all. I hope that you all will also make it a goal of yours to learn about financial literacy on your own. Not for me, because again, I'm not your financial <laughs> advisor, your financial expert. I am still on my learning journey too. Um, but I, I, I highly recommend learning about financial literacy first, creating a budget, getting comfortable with your spending habits, owning up to it, confronting it. The more you do it, um, the easier it'll get, the better off you'll be. And eventually you'll get to a point where you will feel financially empowered, no matter how much or how little you make, you will be able to make informed decisions about your future um, that are based on your dreams and your ambitions and not just your guilt and your shame and your fear. Okay, I went on a rant there, but all of this has to do with student loans, how I'm not a fan. Sometimes you just sometimes you just have to take them out and you gotta come up with a plan and you gotta own up to it and learn about what it is you signed up for. So I hope that some of this information was helpful. If you have any other questions about student loans, feel free to reach out to me. I'll share what I know based on my experience. And I will talk to you all next time. Thanks so much for joining me in the Grad School Femtouring podcast. If you liked what you heard, please rate this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere you tune in. You can also support the podcast by donating to my Patreon page, Anchor page, or Venmo account, which is at Grad School Femtouring. If you have questions or episode topics, you can contact me by sending me a DM on Instagram sending me an email to gradschoolfemtouring at gmail.com, sending me a voice message on Anchor, or sending me a message via my personal website at yvettemartinezvu.com. Until next time. <laughs>